0: All right. Hello, everybody. Good evening and welcome back to Gary Morgan's Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Um, What a week it has been. The the Pirates showed us the best they had to offer and the worst they had to offer all consecutively. I mean, we didn't even have to guess. Uh, I mean, it helps the Cardinals are in a really, really dark place right now. And Colorado was at home where apparently they don't experience dark place ever. Uh, they, I mean, if they only played home games, it's possible Colorado would be in the conversation for the World Series, I think. So, <laughs> you know, it it's hard to take 100% from that. But uh, regardless, a roller coaster of a week for the Pirates, and we are getting close to the All-Star break, and Adam Frazier is leading voting, and that's exciting. I kind of can't get past the feeling that Brian Reynolds is going to get ripped off here, but... I'm anxiously awaiting the outfielder that says he doesn't want to go for some reason and he gets to play, so I'm not going to get too upset about it. Um, fans just aren't going to vote for players on teams that are 20 games under 500 at the All-Star break, so it's it's not even about him as much as exposure. Uh, without further ado, though, i want to jump right in today and bring in our guest, Graves and uh she's been very busy lately on the in the podcasting world so say hello to everybody
1: hey gary hello everybody it's great to be back this week and uh, let's go bucks
0: and uh this week it seems as though graves's voice is actually from a cold virus so i'm hoping she gets better here and can get through this without too much of a frog in her throat this week but uh First thing we wanted to talk about this week about the, the buckos was um, I, I think we were, we were talking a little bit on Twitter about what the team needs to look like next year. And one of the things that you and I both kept bringing up was maybe it's time to just quit messing with other people's failed prospects and start using our own a little bit. You know, we've got a plethora of those as well. But, um, What kind of things do you see changing next year as far as um, roster construction goes? Do you think Ben Charrington's going to continue this method of picking up other people's DFA's and trying to to pick off free agents who really, really struggled and hope they have something left? Or is he going to go get some established players to kind of make this team at least compete a little bit more, see what Shelton can do with, with actual tools? Yeah.
1: Well, as somebody who's who's pretty laid back and, and willing to see the, the process play through, you know, we're coming to a point where if the front office isn't really gonna be so transparent with us and and kind of lay out the plan, what, you know, whether that's the right move or not, if you know, if maybe as fans, if we understood. You know, this is going to be a, this is going to take X number of years. And this is the plan. This is the process. And, and, and they seem reluctant to do that. So that being said, I I think 2022 is the absolute must to go out and sign a legit free agent or, or like you said, at least make this team competitive we're at July 1st right now. Obviously, you know, we're not going anywhere this season. Um, it would be nice to be able to have a competitive team uh, well into July of next year. And I'm not talking about going out and winning the, the division. I, I don't think that that's necessarily realistic at this point in time. But um, I think to that the fans need to be, given a little bit of candy, um, if you will. That's probably it, a really
0: good way to put it, yeah.
1: You know, they, they need something that's going to get them excited and say, okay, I see what we're, where we're going here.
0: Um, I, I don't know where your expectations are for that. I mean, for me, my expectations are, and I, I think this is the way I put it usually, is I'd rather see three or four Ben Gamels than... 5 or 6 Kai Toms and Dustin Fowler's and Anthony Alford's and Philip Evans. You right. know, I I want to see some guys that have played a couple years, who've experienced a little bit up here. A little bit up here that they can call back on. Right. And and maybe it's not the greatest, but I'm pretty sure Ben is going to give me close to replacement level player value. Yeah. And, and that's not going to get us into the playoffs. We're not going to win anything like that, but I'd like to just see them start surrounding Derek Shelton with legitimate choices. Cause right now when he fills out a lineup card, you've got five spots that are good, right? Yep. You put those into place. Hopefully if you're not resting them one at a time, painfully out the, over the course of an entire week, but let's say you have them all together. You put your lineup together and you've got five legit players and you're going to have a pretty decent lineup out of that. You got the bottom three, of course you're going to throw in whatever. Wouldn't it be nice to have three Ben Gammels instead of Ben Gammel, some conglomeration of, you know, uh, somebody else who's supposed to be good at first base, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's it, it gets to the point where you you're kind of just okay. Can we not be guessing next year? Because I'd like to at least be able next year to seriously ask questions about Derek Shelton, without everybody and their mother crying that he doesn't have a choice.
1: Yeah. No. You you make you make a great point. I mean, it's it's um it's time and to 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 do to do those type of things. I mean, yeah. I mean. How much longer can we can we go on with seeing Kai Tom out there? It's um it's really <laughs> I've been calling for for his head for you know, like six weeks now. And uh, you mean the hero you know, of the Colorado just, series? Yeah, yeah, I know. I you know who 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 expected that to happen? But, Ninth uh, inning
0: hero Kai Tom.
1: Exa- exactly. Hey, that's his that's his uh, fifteen seconds of fame. So let's uh, let's cut him while well. everything's good. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and I, I, I like Ben Gamble. I, I like, I like what he brings to the, to the table. You know, I don't necessarily see us going out and and signing somebody like a, you know, like a Carlos Correa or, or something like that. Maybe they'll surprise me and they will, but, but yeah, you know, we've got to, uh, get a team that is least respectable and, um, I mean, we, we see how much we struggle when Brian Reynolds gets the day off or Adam Frazier gets the day off. And, you know, then you're left with, you know, a handful of guys that, uh, you know, that, that are just really struggling and, and really haven't produced at this level. Um,
0: <laughs> it's really hard to, to continue to tell people to be patient when you watch them continually not give you anything to think about. You know, you you can go an inning. You look at that that three man lineup on the little screen that comes up, and you're like, "I could go make a sandwich." I mean, like, in all sincerity, there's nothing to see there. I mean, we're, but if he does get players, I think it's important that we kind of start questioning the usage a little bit, and I think that's what we'll do when we come back from the break. Here, we're going to talk a little bit about. The usage specifically of the pitching staff, and maybe resting players a little bit, because if you give the guy a, a race car, I expect him to run a race. All right, well, we're back and. Um, Next up on the agenda here, I want to talk a little bit about specifically the usage of players, because it's one thing to ask them to get a little bit better quality for us. I can't even definitively say they're going to, but either way, the players are going to develop along the way, and we, we should start having a little bit of a better crop of players for Derek Shelton to pull from, if he gets that what I'm afraid of is that he's going to manage it the same way he's managing the pitching staff right now. I feel like he has um, a predetermined amount of time. He's going to give a young pitcher, regardless of performance. It doesn't even seem to be pitch count related. It feels to me a lot more like he's um, he just doesn't trust them. (laughs) And A long time ago, you just said that for sure was a problem. You didn't want to show a young guy that you don't trust him. And it seems today it's more of a let's go ahead and hide him as best we can and see if we can nurse him through as slowly as possible. So if, if the pitchers evolve, does he give them a little bit more leash? It feels like he's starting to with JT Brubaker, but it's taken like half a season. You know, to get to the point where he's allowing him to take a step here and there? I mean, where do you feel what do you feel about that? I has is that something you've noticed or am I just nitpicking here?
1: No, I don't I don't think you're nitpicking at all. I, I think it um it you're, you're what you're seeing is 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 and talking about very much the reality. Um I will say that um you know when you, when you go back and you think of of the COVID situation last year. And Derek has been very upfront about this, and, and so has Charrington about how they're wanting to to be take it easy with the pitchers and not, you know, they they you know had a 60 game season last year. They want to take it easy. They don't want to overextend anybody. So to that degree, I can understand very much where they're coming from. And we don't, as far as the parts go, we don't have that ace pitcher. We don't have that dominating pitcher. So I can understand it to where you know we're wanting to take it easy. We're wanting to, to build these guys back up slowly. But I do fear, even when we have somebody like the, a Quinn Priester or a Contreras or right. you know T- Noss Thompson. I kind of feel that that is how Derek is still going to manage. I I, I kind of get that sense. That's um, that's kind of his his uh, philosophy on things, and, and and the game the game has changed, you know, over the last you know 30, 40 years. Sure it has.
0: Um, sure it has. The game has changed, <laughs> and I, and I I don't even have a problem necessarily if that's the way he wants to use them, but that's not what I'm seeing entirely. I'm seeing I'm seeing Tyler Anderson get plenty of leash. In fact, I'm seeing him get his five innings, regardless of what he's done. Right. You no know, good or bad, he's getting his five innings. But I'm seeing Will Craig pulled in two thirds of an inning for the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, and I get like you don't trust a young guy as much as you trust a, a seasoned veteran. So that makes a lot of sense to me. But I guess what I'm looking for is you want to you get length out of guys like J.T. Brubaker. So when he's humming along and he's got 70 pitches and he's through five innings and he's not coming up to hit, I don't see in a season like this a purpose in taking him out. Now, if it's really COVID, if that's what we're afraid of and it's COVID, I can understand that. I can't. I'm not seeing that kind of usage in the college world series. I'll tell you that much. And they didn't <laughs> play last year either. You know, some of right. these kids are going 127 pitches, you know, and maybe that's just different trainers and, and whatnot, but some of these, these kids are on the draft board. Somebody's telling them it's okay. Yeah. So I, I just want to know like where, where the philosophy ends and where it begins and where is that COVID line? When, that, when that's done and gone with and we get into next year, are we still babying pitchers? Because if so, perhaps we're all thinking of the development pipeline for pitchers the wrong way. We're, we're thinking of this five-man rotation, color, right? Right. Is that is that the future? Or are we looking at more of a we want everybody to be able to go four or five innings? And if so, man, are you wasting a lot of money on starters because they cost money, right?
1: right right it's uh it it's going to be interesting to to see how how Derek does this going forward um i um i do truly believe and, and 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 call it just a gut feeling but i do think he's going to limit the starters um going forward even you know even a few years down the road i just think that that's just the change in and how coaching is done, um, and and I, I think, you know, the, the players are, are um, they're doing their agility training, and they're training differently, and the players are bigger now, and, and taller now, maybe it's something even, you know, there's been the talk of, of moving the, the mound back a few inches. Maybe that's gonna, you know, be what it takes to, uh, uh, you know, to 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 just to change how how uh, how you know how how we're thinking about pitching, and, and I think so often too is pitchers are out there they're just throwing, you know, they're trying to throw a hundred miles an hour instead of actually pitching, and I think it's just a, a whole change in the game, and um, it might be, uh,
0: but I. Uh, well, that's I, a change I, in uh, development, I, though. That's not. That's not even the players individually wanting that necessarily. That's like somebody like Ronzi Contreras was traded for. You know, he was a '94 guy. You know, '93, '94, and now he's '97, '98, and he didn't just add that on his own. I mean, somebody somebody coached him up right. to to have that. And hey, he's got wipeout stuff. I don't sure. care. I'd love to watch that, (laughs) but pitching has changed. I'll give you pitching's changed. Has the, has the role of a traditional starting pitcher changed though? Because it sounds to me, or it seems to me just watching games that the good teams in the league still have them and they use them like starters, you know, you don't see uh, right. You don't see um, Max Scherzer getting pulled in the 6th inning. You know, we were just in Colorado. Right. You got I... German Marquez going going a complete game, right? And yeah, the Pirates were pathetic, but I can't even imagine the pitch count that JT BruBaker would need to have for Derek Shelton to let him go 9 innings, and I don't care what the score is. That's the way I right. feel right now. And I I look at it and I just think to myself, what do these guys have to do to show you they're okay? Or do you just have a plan? And if so, I feel like we're wasting another year of development here. Yeah. Because we're not allowing them to become the pitchers that they're raring to be. Right. I mean, I feel like in some ways... JT Brubaker is probably a little bit further behind than I think he could be if they would just take the training wheels off a little bit. I yeah. mean, he start he by next year if it goes on the rest of the year by next year he'll be like Ferris Bueller's Porsche. I mean, <laughs> it, just, it is what it
1: is. Yeah, you know, I I definitely if 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 we're gonna see a change, um, and how Derek manages. I don't expect anything to change until next season. Twenty twenty two is is kind of is my uh, big year of um, okay. Now we can start evaluating Derek Shelton. You know, legitimately um, whether he's a, a you know a a, a good in game manager. Um, I think it's that that's to me twenty twenty two is the year is the first time that we should be seeing the plan start coming together. So.
0: I think it should start looking fun next year a little
1: bit. Yeah. I I, I think, I think so too. And, and, you know, if, if we don't see that, then, you know, maybe I'll start uh, scratching my head a little bit more, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to. And let's get through this COVID and get through the full season and and let's uh let's ramp it up for next year.
0: Alright, well let's go ahead and take a quick break since uh all the all the shelty apologists have already tuned out. And we'll come back and we'll talk about one more Pirates topic I got for A little bit now about um the perception of a window because I, I know everybody that has accepted that this is a rebuild um understands that that the point of it is to get a window of competitive baseball opened up where you have a chance to win right but i do think there's a little bit of a misperception out there of, of exactly how this works um i'm starting to feel like A lot of people believe that the window just magically opens one day and all of the prospects that we've been following all come up together in this big group and they just get inserted right into the lineup as rookies and boom, they're ready to go. And the team's humming on all cylinders and everybody's happy because Ben Charrington won the day. That is not going (laughs) to happen. That's just not happening. You can stop expecting it right now. In fact, it would almost be odd if if Leah and Nick Gonzalez actually stayed together and came up together at the same time. It would be odd. Remember Kramer and Newman? I do. It, it's the way that baseball works. It, you come up when you're ready to come up. And the players will come up slowly but surely and filter in with existing players and they'll overlap. At some point, they'll get good enough. And when you hear that term "window," that's what they're talking about—that conglomeration of talent where things open up. And it doesn't just slam shut either. I think Graves can attest to this. I think the reason that we that we feel that way is because it literally did slam shut here in Pittsburgh, and it's because of roster construction all the players timed up so that their contracts or arbitration were expiring at the same time. And they had absolutely nothing coming at the top of the pipeline. Slam shut. Exacerbated by a horrific trade of the only top end prospects you had. (laughs) And guess what happened? That's not the way it's supposed to happen. So Graves, I mean, What are your thoughts on this? Because when you look at the pipeline, it's pretty clear to see. There's talent from some in AAA, not much, all the way down to Bradenton and the Gulf Coast League. Yeah. Well,
1: the the best way for me to explain it, and if this whole rebuild, foundation building, whatever you want to call it, if it all works out as I foresee it, you're going to have... You know your first influx of talent come in, and then, and and then as they play, you've got another group coming in, and it's just going to be a, a continuous um, circle of, of of players coming up, um, and it's going to be years and years of competitive baseball, um, of contending baseball, hopefully, yeah, and. It, you know, the a perfect example, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, just time after year, after year, after year, they put a good baseball team on the field because they have, you know, at every level, they've got the talent. Um, if like they've got happens, Dylan
0: Carlson this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then this, yeah. uh, I forget the guy's name, but Noodleer or something like that. <laughs> whenever he's out in the outfield
1: or something. Yeah. 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 Laura's mute
0: yeah. Bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. But he's doing pretty well, right? I mean, like yeah. they have guys that just kind of come out of the woodwork and they go and get free agents. They have a lot more money. They spend a lot more money. And, um, I'm not going to get into a market discussion, but they spend more money one way or another. So they go out and get some big guys. I mean, to me, what the White Sox did is probably a lot more similar to what I describe as a window.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, really, for the White Sox, they picked a guy that was their anchor. It was Tim Anderson, right? Yeah. And Tim Anderson was their anchor. They built around him. Um, they let the talent come up through the international draft, the draft trades. They they built up that talent base to the point where they could start letting them trickle up. That started happening two, three years ago. Uh-huh. Last year, it came together a little earlier than it should have, I think. Yeah. And now they've got the pitching. And they went to get extra pitching so that the pitching is really what the window is about. Yeah. When you talk about windows, it's really the pitching. The hitting should be a continuous flow. It really should. Right. You sign a guy here and there, but it should be a continuous flow. It shouldn't be slam shut. No. Chicago is underachieving right now because of injury and why is that grapes? because they stopped doing what? They stopped acquiring new talent yep. because they started using their their players and they didn't want to trade anybody because they were all under control cheap, right? That's right <laughs> And then players like Yasmani Grandal, who they signed, um, while he's being productive, It's the weirdest kind of productive you'd ever want to see because he's hitting well under 200, but he's still somehow an essential cog in their lineup, right? Yep. But that's not very tradable for how much he costs. It's really hard to justify paying that for somebody hitting under 200. So he probably hurt them there a little bit, right? They probably wanted to move him for more talent, but they're, they're capped out they can't even make a big trade to get somebody right now because they just don't have the top end talent to do so. Mm-hmm. So their window is going to close. And that's a difference from what I think I'm seeing Ben Charrington build right now. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it, it absolutely, it absolutely does make sense. And, and uh, you know, I, I've prefaced it before. We just, we have to be patient. Uh, we have to let this plan play itself out and we've got exciting baseball coming to Pittsburgh and it, it's going to happen. I, I believe it is going to happen and uh, it's going to be a, a, a fun ride once it gets here.
0: I mean, I'm already looking forward to later this season when it's, you know, potentially Miguel Yajure, Will Crow, JT Brubaker. Absolutely. Maybe you get Mitch Keller back up here. Um, Steven Brault sticking around probably. I,
1: it could
0: could be a pretty fun rotation actually this year so um, yeah despite some of the trades i i I don't see this season falling off the table they're not scoring runs with adam frazier so you know to me uh if they find a way to get rodolfo castro up here i think we'd we'd be okay you know something Mm -hmm. like that but if they replace him with cole tucker yeah they're going for that number one pick i'm sorry. That dude, that dude ain't done anything this year. And it's such yes, a shame. No. It really is. But Graves, thanks for fighting through it today. I know I know the cold is, is fighting you. And um I really appreciate you being on with me. Why don't you tell everybody how to get a hold of you? All
1: right. Well, thank you, Gary. I am voice from the graves, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at KG underscore 55 VFTG and let's go bucks.
0: All right, and I'm your host, Gary Morgan. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryMO2007. Um, Mostly talk pirates, but I'll talk pretty much any sports. And you can look me up on Facebook if you like. Everything I write is on insidethebucksbasement.com. And uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Let's go, Bucks.